there's a new movement that's coming up ahead, and it really is just a culmination of a lot of stuff that we've been going through in the past two years, but that I actually think the last two years have expanded and aggravated this movement even more. And it's not a good movement. It just shows exactly how much victim mindset is set in society these days. So that's what we're going to talk about is the anti-work movement this week on episode 107 of the Relaxed Mail. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mail. All right, so one first off, show some appreciation, some gratitude to the new folks and the folks who are returning. The first first time listeners, guys, thank y'all for taking the time to listen to the show. I am your host Brian, and I run Relaxed Mail website to help men step into their masculinity and become the men at, that their society needs, and to help them to live life on their own really instead of playing the nice guy and getting having that the whole mess of playing the nice guy and that whole nice guy syndrome want to try to drive that out of society and that's what my main drive is my main sense of purpose is for for this site and for for the show in particular which has been around for we're doing the 107th episode now so doing it for a couple years at the moment and and so if this is your first time listening, I, I thank you again. Just greatly appreciated for the fact that you're coming, coming in, listening to the show. Hopefully you can find something that is of value, something that's inspirational, something that really just kind of grabs you and turns the, turns up the intensity just a little bit to where you want to actually start becoming a, a better man, become a, a man that your wife wants and your children need and society honestly needs too. And if, if I do achieve that somewhere along the way, man, just share this episode out, share this uh, out on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter and all the different social media places that you are. That's the main ass that I do for this, for this show. And if you want to even contribute even more, then I've got other things that you can actually, you can do to, to help this show, to get it to grow, to get it, uh, to be able to help out around, uh, help the, uh, help the men and, and, and families out there that are needing real men to, to step up to for society's sake. Now, this week wanted to talk about a, a movement that is actually coming on. Now, it's been around for a while, but just especially for the past two years, it's the intensity on it has just really started to ramp up. And a lot of it is based in stuff that just isn't good for the United States at all. Not good for us in any form, fashion, or the other. And that is the anti-work movement. Now, about a month ago, uh, a publication, I believe it was, it was some business journal. Anyhow, they 
came, they were talking about the great resignation that they're coming across. Now, the great resignation is people have gone through the past two years of being on lockdown. I mean, they had the first full year of a lot of people were on lockdown. They couldn't go to their offices. They were told that, you know, there wasn't any, you know, if you're going to work, you got to work from home. And so, you know, people were able to become a lot more productive and they'd get their work done and have still half the day to do. And so they were to mess around with. And so they got around to where they were able to experience a life of enjoying a little bit more. Now that what they realized is with that spare time that they didn't need to be setting on their laurels, didn't need to be setting on, on their bets and one and, and just waiting for checks to roll in. No, they decided, Hey, what if, now that I've got this free time, what if I was to try a dream of mine? Let's try seeing what happens if we can get a business up and going. And a lot of people have. A lot of people have started businesses. They get little side hustles going on. They get little uh, extra things that they're doing to bring in some extra money. And they're being able to enjoy the rewards of, of providing value for society. And that great resignation is actually a lot of these people have started making enough money within the last two years where they're able to just say, you know what, main job, I'm going to go, I'm going to go focus in on this side job here for a bit. And so a lot of people have been resigning from their day job, which, yeah, okay, people are leaving the workforces, leaving where they need to go to for, uh, where they typically went for their n- normal day job, their nine to fiver. And have started blazing their own path, providing value for society. And so a lot of people have been dropping out of work. Now, a lot of other people have been at home and have been doing nothing. And they have been resisting going back to work. Maybe they were, they, when they received those stimulus checks, they really just went ahead and squirreled them away and cut their, their cost of living way down and have just sat on that money and just letting the, the savings go away because at the beginning of 2019 and then 2020, people were reporting that uh, America's savings were at one of the all-time highs. And now, just you know, a year and a half, two years later, we're at critical low stages of people saving money. Now, that's a lot of it is also due to you know inflation and all the other wonderful things that uh, have been happening here recently in the U.S. Thanks. Uh, thanks to those in power. And so we've really started to see two different factions forming. And that other faction is the direct opposite of the great resignation. And that is the anti-work movement. And I've talked about in the past, the differences between boys and men and the great resignation. Honestly, that's the men uh, of the, of these two groups. These are the people who are still Producing, they're creating value. They're providing to society and they're getting, and society is rewarding them with more and more money and free time and th- time to be able to do stuff that they want to do. Now, the anti-work side is just the opposite. They're the ones who they may have been going to work, but they really just kind of hated going to work. They, uh, you, when I started looking at this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there came across a story about some stores, retail stores that are getting their, their receipt printers spammed by and having some type of little anti-work manifesto printed out. And from there, that's when it cropped up on my radar, radar. And from there, and 
time and time again, more and more in the past couple, three weeks, I've really started to hear a lot more about this whole anti-work movement that's going on and looking into it and looking around and seeing what people are doing. And and it really is just, you know, right now, if you go over to uh, Reddit, the subreddit of anti-work, which, yeah, I mean, well, Reddit's got Mm -hmm. subreddits of just about anything and everything. You'll see that a lot of them right now, they're talking about the Kellogg strike. Uh, Kellogg's is uh, workers are striking. They unionized. Yay, union. We'll talk about unions here in a moment, but you know, they've, they're, they've unionized and they decided their work conditions are not cool and not, not welcomed. And so they've gone on to strike. Well, Kellogg's tried to work with the unions. And the union basically just told them to go pound sand and go, you know, try again. We want more. Kellogg's as a, as a company is like, well, okay, we've got to get people back to work. We've got to get people in here so that we can meet our, meet the demands of the customers. And that's the line of the thing. Now, the people who are the, of the anti-work, uh, the strikers, they're looking at how horrible the capitalist system is because they're wanting to just work people to the bone and, and not care about their lives. And it's not their responsibility to care about your life. But the anti-work movement and the strike really kind of fit hand in hand because what it is is it's people saying, you know what? I'm tired of working this crappy job. I'm not getting paid enough money to do this. And I want to, want to, I'm going to quit and I'm just going to go find something else. Well, okay. You can find some something else. If you're a person who is at a working at a fast food restaurant and you're just you're stacking the burgers together, your amount of skill is not going to be somebody who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Being a truck driver, I don't make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Being a truck driver, you make you know fifty, sixty thousand. Now there's some young groups, young folks who would probably wishing, wow, that's really nice. I'd like to have that. Yeah, well, dude, to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, you got to do a lot. And that's if you're just a company driver. You can make a lot more being a being a owner operator, but you're also have a crap ton more expenses. But what I'm really seeing and what's really getting, I'm noticing that's being aggravating uh, with this is the fact that people really don't want to, to work anymore. They want to, they enjoyed being able to sit at the house, you know, fire up a big old bong, bong hit, and then turn around and, you know, sit down, zone out and play video games for, you know, for the, the rest of the day, you know, occasionally go up, take out the trash and, might have to deal with what the kids are doing and, and hang around the kids. And there's some folks who realize that that's what they really like. They want to spend time with their kids. They want to not be gone all the time hanging and they would like to help raise their kids. And that's a great thing. If that's what you, uh, what you're actually wanting, that's not anti-work. That is you realizing your priorities are needing to be shifted. And our, a lot of people do, they get their, their, uh, their priorities out of whack. They want to try to blame the corporations for their priorities being out of whack, but it's not. You're the one who has actually caused that, all that problem. You're the one who has decided, you know what? I'm going to spend more than what my, what I bring in. I'm going to have credit card debt. I'm going to have, you know, all this extra debt that's on hand. I'm not going to have any savings. 
and you know and i'll just i'll just pay it off as as it goes because they phrase it in a way to where it sounds really nice oh you know it's just 25 bucks a month is all i have to pay on the credit card bills yeah 25 bucks a month and you have to pay it out for 20 30 years and next thing you know you know that hamburger that you bought with a with a credit card back in back in 2010 has already cost you probably 50 bucks that better be a really good mcdonald's hamburger man and those people who have decided they want to spend time with their family realize that they have to get their affairs in order to be able to just up and leave. You need to have a backup plan. And some of these guys, they don't, they don't have a backup plan. They're just like, well, this ain't cool then. And they storm off and they tell their bosses to go take a flying leap. They're not doing this no more. And then they just leave and they collect unemployment and think that their life is going to be okay, except they're slowly sinking. Life is coming along and is going to smack them upside the back of the head. Now, I mentioned before that there was a receipt, that, uh, kind of a manifesto, and I wanted to read that to you real quick because what it says is, are you being underpaid? You know, creating that. We have a protected legal right to discuss your pay, or you have the protected legal right to discuss your pay with your coworkers. This should be done on a regular basis to ensure everyone is being paid fairly. All right, now, hold up. Let's stop right there. Do you have a right to be able to discuss your pay? Well, yeah. But the question is, is it really your business to know what the other person's getting paid? Is that really your responsibility? Is that really, do you really need to stick your nose in other people's business? No, dude, you don't. You don't need to know what everybody else is paying. And then frankly, it's none of your dad gum business. You have no right to know what other people pay if they want to share it with you. Okay, fine. And what do you do with that information is completely up to you. And But you may find out that, yeah, Fred's been working here for 10 years, and he's getting paid an extra $2.50. You've only been, you've been here for a whole whopping three and a half years, and you're still only, you know, you're not getting paid nearly that much. Well, yeah, because Fred's been here for 10. Fred's probably done a lot more, and he's gotten a lot more. He's put in the time. Should you be, you could sit there and decide, well, Fred's not doing anything. That's not your, you can look at that all you want and you can have the thoughts of, hey, he's not doing anything and think that until you're blue in the face, it doesn't mean make a hill of beans difference. If you're been there for three and a half years and you're just showing up on time, barely on time and you're le- the moment it strikes five o'clock, you've got that punch, you've got that time card in your hand, punching out, running for the door while Fred's may still be, be there and he's punching out, you know. 30 minutes, an hour late because he's trying to finish something up. There's a lot of nuance and there is a very subjective term being used in this thing. And that's called being paid fairly. Well, being paid fairly means are you getting paid what you are to the, according to the value of what you're being earned or what you're, you're giving. If you're giving them, you know, you're there from five o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night and you're, You've, you're heading up several different, uh, different projects. Guess what? You're going to get paid a lot more than somebody who just barely shows up and punches in maybe a minute, 15 minutes late and leaves a little bit early. Every time there's a, a time for a, a, a break, you're running off, they're running off to the snack machine to grab something to eat and a cup of coffee. And they're all, you can always know where to find them because they're over by the water cooler. Yeah. You, you're going to know 
who's providing value and who's not. If you step back and get out of your own dadgum head and think, you know what, I, I deserve more. Do you really? Do you really deserve more or do you just want to earn more without having to put in the effort? So let's continue. It is illegal for your employer to punish you for doing this. That part's right. But if you were to go in to access uh, the, the pay records and share that out with everybody, that's where you've broken the law. People could talk amongst each other. He's they're trying to make this uh, the uh, seem like there's a whole big conspiracy, and it's not. It's just again, it's none of your damn business what I make, and it's none of my business to know what you make. If you want to share it, all right, fine. There's a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs out there that love to share how much they make each month. If you learn with the uh, continuing with this little manifesto, if you learn that you are being paid less than someone else who is doing the same job as you, you should uh, demand a raise. Not, well, again, what is the definition of the same job? Are you both standing together putting a gear onto a onto a onto a dickhead, or are you just taking a a or are you doing more to put to to what your your task is? If you're again, but at the same time, if you're both, you know, putting gears onto onto peckerheads, what you know, there's there's no there's no no difference. If y'all started at the same time, you probably are getting paid about the same, unless the other guy did negotiate a higher price and you just immediately accepted. Well, whose fault is that? Is that other guy, the guy next door to you, who in the next cubicle, who negotiated an extra two bucks an hour? Or is it actually your fault because you just immediately went, okay, sure, yeah, I'll do that for $15 an hour? So no, this is, again, people don't want to take responsibility for what their freaking actions are. So you should demand a raise according to who? You can go in there, you can demand a raise, and if you're going to go in there and you demand a raise, well, guess what? The boss is probably going to go, you know what? You deserve a raise. Raise your butt up and get out the door, please. And he can rightfully do so, especially if you're in a right-to-work state. Which is awesome because you don't have to be in a, in a union. But anyhow, they continue. You should demand a, a demand a raise or consider getting fired and finding a better employer. Now, why should you consider getting fired? That's the question. Why do they not say go off and quit? <laughs> because if you quit, you don't get in, you don't get unemployment. If you get fired, you're eligible often for unemployment. So that way you can just it's again. Poverty wages will only exist because people are willing to work for them. People are willing, uh, poverty wages will continue to exist only because people are not willing to do the hard work to make more money. A lot of people get really upset with me whenever I sit there and tell them the poor people are poor because they want to be. You're, and they, you know, they get all, oh, what, oh, yeah, what do you think I'm, uh, want to be struggling to make, make my health payment? Yeah. Because it is easier for you to sit, go home, crack open a beer, sit down and watch television than to just go and sit down in front of the computer and start trying to start up your own business. It is easier to come immediately home. And unwind and complain to the, about the kids and complain at your wife and, and watch television and watch the football game because it's a heck of a lot easier, man. You're a lot more comfortable sitting in your misery than you are getting out of, out of, out of that misery and getting uncomfortable, you know, climbing your way out because it's not easy to climb yourself out of the misery that you're used to being in. 
It's not. It's uncomfortable. You are going to make mistakes and you're going to start making a little bit of money. And you're going to fall back on your butt. And it happens time and time again. You're going to worry, sit there and worry and have thoughts about, well, my, what are my friends going to think if I'm making more money than them? It's again, dude, you're not, who cares? If those friends are too busy sitting on their butt getting high and what and playing video games and watching YouTube videos and watching Netflix, then trying to improve themselves, then guess what, man? It's you're going to lose those friends anyhow because you're going to become on a, you're going to want, arrive on a different level. But guess what? There are more friends up on that new level, on that level of hey, I'm starting to bring some money in. I'm actually kind of a business owner. Holy smokes, what am I doing here? I need to talk to other people. And what do I do here? And you're going to start bringing in higher caliber friends. Yeah, your old drinking buddy from from college, he's a, he's a really fun guy to hang out with. But guess what? He's always going to be sitting there on the couch, stoned out of his gourd, with a beer in his hand, wondering what he's going to do tonight. You can love him dearly, but if he is not a high-quality friend, you're going to stay. Because you are the sum of the five people you spend the most intentional time with. If you're too busy just hanging out with your buddies instead of going out and trying to improve yourself and improve your family and improve your, your kids and improve your station in life, then all you have is to sit around and bitch, moan, and groan. Now, went ahead and continued doing a little bit of looking up and Barnaby Lashbrook over at Forbes was talking about this and uh, talked a bit as about the, the anti-work is, uh, movement in a bit to say that the problem was worth work-life balance, which is, again, that's a, that's a crap line. All right. People have been trying to figure out work-life balance since, you know, since they first walked out of the cave. There is no work-life balance. There is a work-life integration. There are going to be times that, yeah, you've got to really focus in on work. And when you do, your family life is going to sacrifice, be, be sacrificed. Then there's times that you're really going to want to spend time with your family. And guess what? Work quality and work is going to get sacrificed. You can try to balance that out and find that, you know, that mythical balance between the two, but it'll never happen because the moment that you hit equilibrium, all of a sudden your child's going to fall, break their arm, and you've got a really freaking important meeting that you're supposed to be going to today, but you can't because you have to take your son to the emergency room or you're going to spend, you know, or you've got a downtime and you try to go to see with your family and you get hit with, oh, well, I, I don't love you anymore, sweetheart, I'm, and I'm leaving. I want a divorce. I'm, I'm moving out and I'm taking the kids. What happened to your work-life balance then? Barnaby also likes to talk about how employers should be helping with a better work-life balance, which, no, that is not the employer's job to make sure that your life is, uh, your work life, work is, is accompanying to your, to your life balance, making sure that you're able to go spend all the time you want with your kids. No, that is not their job. Their your boss and the employee, your employer is there to make sure that they help you become a better employee. Then I was looking around and also, you know, Slate, which is, you know, the pinnacle of capitalistic uh, ideas, was talking about the anti-work movement. Uh, and I mean, they had a huge victim mind, uh, victim mindset uh, point of view. And they were talking about how, uh, it's just, you know, businesses are just getting in the way of how, of how the, how people are living their life. And they did give out a point, which the guy is not being a victim. The guy was doing smart. He was doing precisely what a man does. He talked about a guy who for five years got a, got a paycheck for not doing an ounce of work. 
what he ended up doing is he actually sat down, looked at what he was supposed to be entering. He's doing a data entry job. He looked at what, it, what he was going to be getting in emails every day and saw that, oh, I can actually take this, run a script, have it automatically put out. Just essential copy and paste type of thing. Brilliant idea. And so he went off and spent, I think he said he spent like two months wages to have a programmer create a script and he would run it every day. And he was one of the best workers in there and he wasn't doing anything. Well, he was doing something. He was making, he was accomplishing what he was designed to do. He, and wasn't that he had to actually physically sit down and type everything in. He could run a script and that script became, uh, would be entered into into the database. It was freaking brilliant. He was working harder or smarter, not harder. And that's the the main point. If you're you are awarded extra money when you work smarter, when you work on a different level. The guy did a great job. He was providing a huge amount of value. And that's, you know, yeah, he got uh, they ended up changing systems and so his his script didn't work anymore and they let him let him go. Well, okay. But a lot of all this also binds up together with the unions. And I am not a fan of a union. If you look at uh, anything the unions have done, was there a time when unions were kind of, were, were valuable? Yeah. Back in the beginning of the industrial revolution, when they were really just, you know, putting people into grinders and there, there's no, nothing that, you know, if you got your arm cut off, if you didn't show up, you know, after you got, the, your arm bandaged from a, from a machine and you got it the next day, if you didn't show up, well, then they would just give your job to somebody else. Okay. There's some, you know, there's a little bit of, of, of heartlessness in there that could have, that was able to be shaped thanks to some union work. But as a whole, these days, unions are nothing more than an arm of the mafia. Most of them are run by, by some form mafia underling for, for some other type of crime family. They, the people who are the mob uh, or the the union bosses, what do they actually do, other than stand around and go clap politicians on the back and go ha 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 here you know here have a cigar and here have another here's a big old giant expensive uh, piece of a uh, piece of artwork or something you know they'll they quote unquote wheel and deal but they're pushing their own agendas and they get rich off of what your work is it's not their it's not their work they're the whole thing about what the communists like to complain about how the the corporations get rich off the work back of the working man really funny thing is no they actually don't they but the unions sure as hell do because they don't provide a real service know quite a few union folks who they were in union and yeah, they worked for a little bit and then they would all of a sudden uh, they get fired and they would bring somebody else in. You were just a part, a, a cog in that whole, the whole union machine. And while Kellogg's is getting, is going through this strike, guess who's making out? It's not Kellogg's because they're going to end up having to pay a heck of a lot more money with lower, lower production time. The, uh, the, the employees, they're going to get paid a little bit better, but their, their working conditions may improve slightly. But at the same time, they're not going to see much of an increase in their money because they're going to end up still paying their union dues. And because they paid the scratch, the, because the union bosses and, and the union itself scratched their back, it's time for you to scratch them and provide them with a little bit more money so they can continue to represent you. So no, the unions, are are twisted and they're corrupt and 
they're not something that is going that has the working man's benefit in their in at heart because the people the employees they're going to end up they're going to end up having severe more cases of burnout they're going to be people are still going to be leaving they're going to be going to get fired for random reasons it doesn't they're, the union's not going to fix anything at all like i said they may have a little bit more nicer working condition but it's not going to be much and people are still going to complain the employees are still going to gripe they're still going to know that they're going to still end up not getting anywhere close to what they what they want but the, a lot of the folks over in in uh, the anti-work area, boy, they are really for unions. They think unions are the cat's meow. Well, no, I can tell you. If you want to be able to make more money and you want to become more successful, you have to be a man. You have to start producing because boys do nothing but consume. I mentioned that before, and I'll mention it all over and over again throughout the series, this whole series of podcasts that I do. You are not going to find any type of happiness wishing that you were somebody else. If you're looking at the CEO going, why does he get paid so much? Because damn it, he's got a lot more stuff that he does than you do. You get to go home and leave, you know, at a set time. He's got, he's traveling off to different, uh, different states. He's doing, he's doing deals. He's got a vision he has to follow through. He has to try to get all the different departments to work in unison to make sure that the, the corporation that he's working for and is, is representing is heading in the right direction. And then on top of that, you've got a whole crap ton of investors who's going to be barking at his door if they're not carrying through. He's got a heck of a lot more stress. He's got a heck of a lot more, more, uh, problems that are sitting on his mind than, damn it. I, I don't have, I don't have enough to, to, to pay the house. Well, man, that's not your CEO's fault. It's not because you didn't get paid enough. If you had planned and you had actually done some financial work, you would have seen, you know, if I hadn't gone over to the casino for the past two weeks and, uh, and spent, uh, you know, $500 each night, I probably would have had enough money for the, for the house payment. It's not your boss's fault that you had a bad decision. And a lot of the guys who are with anti-work don't seem to fully see or understand or realize the fact that if you want to be successful, you, it takes work and sacrifice. You're going to have to bust your butt. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to do shit in the rain and you're going to be working your tail to the bone, especially if you're trying to get a new business going. There is a, that first year is just an intense rush of, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm trying, I'm trying to get over here and go over there and getting everything done and trying to see if maybe you could squeak out an extra dollar from this machine that you're cobbling together. And a lot of times, no, nothing. Okay. Well, what, what's broken? What's broken? And you start having to tear everything apart and re, reassemble it and figure out where you, where you got something wrong. And when you figure it out, boom, voila. Hey, I know what to do next time that problem happens. But if you are being a sitting around being anti work, then guess what? You're going to sit down and you're going to be going, the boss just screwed me. He fired me. He's such a jerk. Blah, 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 blah. And you're going to whine, cry and, and moan, and groan about it instead of going, all right. Well. I know that we are in the, we are in an employee's, uh, market right now. I could go out and I could find a job in 13 different places this day alone. Boom. Let's go. And if you're willing to, you don't have to have the perfect job right off the bat, especially if you just get fired. Go find someplace, flip burgers and let them know. Hey, I'm going to be here just for a while. I'm just bringing in, this is for a check. 
until I can find, you know, the next stone up. Most of the people are going to be going, dude, at least you're working. Thank you. And they will have no problem with that. And But you don't really need to be actually, it's not a good deal anyhow, just to be going in there just to say, you know what, I'm using you strictly for uh, a temporary uh, business. You don't actually need to be, <laughs> honestly, you don't need to be telling them that. But you want to be, you want to go find a job, get something that at least is bringing a little bit of money in as you search for that better job. And when you come across that better job, you know, you take it and it may be a little bit better fit, but it's not quite the fit. Maybe it's what you want to do, but it's in the really crappy hours. And so you're, at, you, you work there until you can find what you want that's in a little bit better time and you keep at it. You have to jump. You have to go do all, uh, interviews and all this other stuff. And you may have to go to another town and, and there's all this stuff that you have to do. If you want to be successful, you want to find a job that you like and that you're able to make money at, you're going to have to do the stuff that you don't really want to do. It takes time. It takes money to make money. And, but it's not the, Money that you're worried, need to worry about. It's what type of value are you giving to the people who you're working for? Now, there are three different types of people. And I heard this off the Order, uh, Order of Man podcast. And, uh, Ryan Mickler was talking to Pete Roberts of Origin. And Pete Roberts put out a really good analogy that there are three types of people in employee, uh, in the employment area. There are the people who are the squatters. They're the renters and the owners. The squatters are the people who they come in late. They leave early. They, you know, they're always, they're, they're not providing anything really. They're just there to suck up oxygen. There's no use. They're, they're doing nothing but fully just consuming everything. There's the renters. They show up on time. They leave on time and you're not going to get much else out of them. They really don't have much more. They're there for a paycheck. And they do what they have to do to that line. Once they get, once it starts trying to go past that, they're like, yeah, dude, that's not my job. And so they stay in the renter position. And those people are the ones who end up not liking their job because they want to, they see that they want more, but they really don't want to do more. Then the, finally you have an owner and this, these are the people with the ownership mentality. They work like this business depends on them. They take ownership for what they do. They work as if they are a part of an owner. They partly own this company. Do they? No, but they act like they do. They are putting their heart and soul into that, into that company. And because of it, the owner gets the better pay while the squatter sucks so much of the energy out. If you can all, if you're working, if you're have a, have a business and you've got some squatters, it's better to, Go ahead and fire those squatters and let the renters see, hey, if you're, you're sitting there doing nothing, let's let's start busting our butt because the squatters going to do nothing but take some of the renters and convert them into squatters going, hey, dude, you, you, you don't have to do much around here because you know what? I, I, I haven't really lifted a hand in the past month and a half and your boss doesn't even know I'm around really. You know, it's awesome. All of a sudden, Mr. Awesome is gone because the boss said, dude, you had done squat in the past, past two and a half months. Get out of here. All of a sudden, Renter, who was looking towards that squatter position and going, dude, I could, I could be lazy and, and be okay. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, dude, I better get to work. So 
don't be the renter. Don't be a squatter. But want to make sure that when you're working for somebody that you're working as an owner, you will get more recognition for being the owner. And you won't give a rat's butt, especially what the squatter thinks, because the squatter's not contributing anything anyhow. He's not, he's consuming value instead of producing value. They won't stay. And if you have a right, a right culture in your, in your business, the squatter gets driven out anyhow. Nobody will talk to them. Nobody will work with them because they're not providing anything. While the winter, the, uh, the owner is the winner of the, of the, the company. Now, another problem that a lot of people are running into is they, especially the young kids. And I was listening to a, a, uh, talk show host who was talking about a discussion he had with his son. And the, the discussion that he had was having was that his son doesn't feel like he is ever going to be able to be successful. He's just getting ready. I think he's getting like 17, 18, maybe just 16. Anyhow, in that area. Where, you know, you're really kind of starting to think of, what do I want to do with my life? And he's really trying to tell his son, you know, what is your definition of success? Because you're not, your success is dependent upon entirely upon you. It has nothing to do with what society wants. If you want to be successful and have a, have people, you know, know you and like you and, and, and all that, and you're, and you, are only making $50,000, guess what? You're a success. If you want to be known for somebody who gives with a, uh, with a, uh, a whole heart and you're barely making ends meet yourself, well, you know, if that's what you define as being successful, okay, you're a success. If you think you have to make $100 million a month and that everybody has to fall down at your feet and you're, that's what you define success as, well, okay, you're going to really struggle and wonder why you're not making success because success isn't fitting in with what your values are. And a lot of kids these days are falling for InstaFake. Now, InstaFake is Instagram, except for the fact that people, they follow people who are so plastic, so fake, so just oozing with, you know, they're the guys who you see them, they're leaning up against a, 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 a Lamborghini or, or something like that. And they're, you know, they're got a couple of bills and they flashed out and, and they just, they try to make themselves look like they're millionaires and they're successful. And in all reality, no, they're barely hanging on to, to success, to that whole image. They're holding on with the tips of their fingers, they're with their fingertips and they, they're struggling and they're having to do more and more and more just to get people to like their, their stuff because people eventually realize, dude, this is so fake. The people who get more are the people who actually are sharing their life. Yeah. You, you can have a average type of, of, uh, Instagram account and like all the relaxed males. And yeah, I don't have many followers and it's not because I'm, no, I, I think a lot of it is just because I, I'm a bit on the boring side and I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what would, what really resonates with people. But it's not that I'm going to continue trying to up myself and one up myself. I just want to have my message out there and to, to repeat that message over and over and over again and get people to understand, Hey, we need men. These men need to stop playing the nice guy because nice guys freaking suck, you know. But yet kids look at these high count influencers and then they don't realize that one day that influencer does just 
doesn't show up all that much anymore. And what happened? Well, they don't know because you know what? They've had three other high, high value count influencers come into the, into the scene and those kids are already following them going, wow, I really wish I could have that. Wow. That's what it looks like to be successful. No, we used to have the same thing. We used to, used to sit down and we would watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous by Robin Leach. And I don't know why, you know, anyhow, bad impression, but you got to know. Saturday Night Live. Anyhow. <laughs> but anyhow, you had Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Uh, you had Cribs uh, on MTV. And those were inst- basically Instagram before Instagram was around. We would sit there and watch, uh, look at all these different mansions and all these cars. And they would, you know, Robin Leach would would just describe these all these opulent lifestyles that were out there for these really rich and famous people. And guess what? Those rich and famous people were just, you know, they busted their butt. Most of them did. Some of them may have, you know, gotten something from dad, but then they took that something from dad and converted it into millions and millions and billions of dollars. And you can too. Stop looking at what other people have. That's the main point that I want to make. If you want to be, successful, don't worry about what other people are. Worry about what you're doing. Are you meeting your goals? Are you are you hitting your values that you have set for yourself? Are you living your life the way you need to be? Is how is the way in the terms of what you want your life to be living? If so, awesome, great. If not, then start kicking it up a notch. Stop, you know, give up an hour to a PlayStation and go enjoy, go, go out and talk to people. You can do those things. And when you do those things, you'll find that life is, will provide back. Society will provide you the value back when you provide value for them. When you hear anti-work, know that it's like MGTOW or men going their own way. It's a bunch of guys who gave up on actually providing value and they're just going, well, I'm just going to sit around and hope that the government just pays for whatever I want to do. And now just going to give me something else to complain about. And I'm just going to hold a grudge. And they're going to, there's nothing you can do to change that other than just live your life to your definitions. Make sure you live, live your values and you just, you're reaching, you're working. Do the compounding effect. Do one little step every day. And before you know it, at the end of a month, at the end of a year, you're gone a mile, two miles, a hundred miles longer than what somebody sitting on their butt wishing that something nice would happen to them would ever get. So guys, with that, thank you for listening. If you liked anything, if I said anything that you enjoyed on this show, Please share it out with your, with your groups, with your family, with your, if you know a guy who this could really resonate with, hit that share button on your, on your podcast uh, platform of choice and share it, uh, share it with them. Go, dude, you'd like this. Listen to this. This is, this is, this is solid. Or if you, you know, you know, several people who might help and then share it in. If you can share it in the Facebook group, share it in the Facebook group, share it wherever it is you can share this and let people know that there is a thing called the relaxed mail out there and it's destined to help you. It's going to help you reach what your destiny is. But first you have to actually take the step to do so. So guys with that, thanks again for listening. We will see y'all next week. Till then. Bye.